Texas 512 is part of the Texas Podcast Network, the conversations changing the world. Brought to you by the University of Texas at Austin. The opinions expressed in this podcast represent the views of the host and not the University of Texas at Austin. This is Sam Torres, Texas Longhorn fan, native Austinite, admissions counselor, and your host with the most. And this is Texas 512. And hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Texas 512. This is your host with the most, Sam Torres. I have a lot of energy because we recorded another podcast before this. Usually in the morning, I don't have that kind of energy. And no, I haven't had my energy drink. Yeah. Um, Well, today we've got a very special episode. It is the podcast about podcasts. So I am a bit nervous because I have other podcasters in here and they're probably going to be like, hmm, he does this, this and this. Um, anyways, these are probably more seasoned veterans than I am when it comes to the podcasting world. And I'm really excited to get to hear a little bit more about the Texas Podcast Network um, and a little bit about some of the other podcasts that we have on campus. And so very excited to showcase some of these. But first things first, I want to go ahead and introduce uh, or have Sarah introduce herself first as she is uh, one of the masterminds behind the Texas Podcast Network. So Sarah, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Hi, everybody. Hey, Sam. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast today. Um, Yeah, so my name is Sarah robertson Lentz. I'm the managing editor uh, with Central Communications for Feature Content. So that basically means I have the great job of helping get out all the great stories about how people around UT are changing the world. And um, I'm also a big podcast fan and podcaster. I've been working in audio uh, for the last decade. So it's always been a dream of mine to launch podcasts from the university. And I felt like the best first step was to pull together all the great podcasts that are already here into one place. And that's what you get with the Texas Podcast Network. Awesome. And we really thank you for that work and bringing us all together into this uh, space for us. And we'll definitely talk a little bit more about the Texas Podcast Network and how that came about a little bit later. Uh, so now I want to go ahead and allow the uh, the podcasters to introduce themselves. So uh, go ahead and kick things off, Michelle. Can you tell us a little bit more about who you are and what your podcast is? Yeah, thanks. Um, so I'm, I'm very excited to be here. I am one of the multimedia producers uh, within the College of Liberal Arts. And the podcast that I produce, actually I produce a couple for the Texas Podcast Network, but the one that we're going to be <laughs> talking about today is called The Other Side of Campus. And it is a production of the Provost Teaching Fellows Uh, which is within the office of the provost and also the Faculty Innovation Center at UT. And basically what this podcast is, is it's, it's a learning community, a teaching and learning community, and it brings together faculty all across the 40 acres. And we get to talk about things like experiential learning and, you know, just problems we're Uh, most of the faculty have been facing with, um, you know, teaching online and stuff, especially since COVID. But basically, we just try to have fun conversations and we bring on guests from within uh, UT and also um, from other universities across uh, the U.S. Super cool. Now, Mark, do you want to tell us about who you are and what you do and what your podcast is? Of course. <laughs> so uh, I am the communications coordinator for the College of Natural Sciences. And it, frankly, it's a title that doesn't really say anything about what I do. But, but essentially what I do is uh, I'm a science writer. And so I help explain to the public the research that we do in the College of Natural Sciences. 
And so, uh, you know, it's a really big college. We, we cover everything from astronomy to neuroscience to mathematics, computer science, uh, you know, and everything in between, physics, chemistry. And so, um, you know, I've been here for several years and we, several years ago, decided to start a podcast uh, about the research that we do in the college. And it's a way for us to highlight, uh, you know, really interesting scientists who are, you know, finding out really interesting things about the, uh, the way the world works. And um, it's, you know, it's just, it's been a dream for many years to do something like this. And so I'm just really excited to, to do it. Uh, our podcast is called Point of Discovery. And we've been doing it for, I think, almost six years now. And so we've gotten to tell a lot of great stories about you know the science that goes on at UT. I'll end it there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So uh, we have another guest as well that is with the podcast that Michelle's with on, on the other side of campus. Uh, I believe that's Dr. Holmston. Yeah, that's right. Thanks. This is Stephanie Seidel Holmston. Did you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? For sure. It's such a pleasure to work with Michelle. And I'll just say that this podcast, The Other Side of Campus, really grew out of our desire to think through the stories of faculty and connect with each other as individuals and podcasts are so great like that bringing those stories uh, to us and a, honestly at a time of COVID we were a little isolated podcasting was a great job to connect absolutely yeah and I think that you know our podcast kind of started in the middle of the pandemic so I completely agree with that I think this is a fantastic way uh, for us to be able to connect with a much wider audience right I think that there was definitely a silver lining to a lot of our work going remote and that's just making our information as accessible to po as possible to people across the United States and across the globe so I'm very excited to talk a little bit more about the work that y'all do within your podcast um, and kind of see you know what motivates motivated you to do that. But first things first, of course, as our returning listeners probably already know, um, we will usually start off with our fun questions just to kind of get things warmed up um, and have our guests uh, just to learn a little bit more about them. So we're going to go ahead, throw it to a very quick break. Whenever we get back from this break, we're going to go ahead and ask some fun questions. Don't go away. Right, we are back. So we're gonna go ahead and start getting things warmed up as usual. I like to always ask some fun questions to my guests to kind of get them a little bit warmed up, a little bit more excited uh, moving forward. So first things first, I wanted to talk about bucket lists, not the movie, of course. Um, I'm sure that all of us have a bucket list. Um, and so I've been thinking about this a lot, not because I've been thinking of death, but just because I want to think a little bit more about the things that I want to accomplish throughout my life. And so um, there's one key thing that's on my bucket list, and that's to like visit all 50 states in the U.S., I have not made very much progress on that. And I've been reflecting on that a lot. And so I really want to start working on that. So I wanted to ask each of my guests, what are the top three things on your bucket list that you are prioritizing? And Mark, do you want to go ahead and kick things off first? Uh, sure. Uh, wow, a bucket list. So I am a list guy, right? So I have, I, I have this app that I use that I keep these lists in. And I have tons of lists, movies I want to watch, things I want to do. 
Uh, so it's a little hard to just say three, but um, I think the first thing that popped into my head was uh, surfing. I have always wanted to learn how to surf and, you know, living in landlocked, you know, central Texas, um, I just have not had the opportunity. And so, uh, you know, if I ever got the chance, <laughs> I actually have a brother-in-law who uh, uh, lives out in California and surfs and, you know, uh, I, I'm hoping someday I actually can get out there and, and he can give me some lessons and I can do that. Um, God, it gets harder after that. There's so many things. You know, I do want to travel, so I, I probably, I guess my second bucket list thing would be to travel some more. And, um, you know, there's just great places around the world that I've, that I've been to but would love to go back. So, like, New Orleans is fantastic. Seattle. Um, I'd like to go back to Scandinavia. So, um, I guess... I guess that would be one, <laughs> one item, right? Just travel the world. Um, what would be my third item? Man, this is hard. Um, I, you know, this is going to sound really silly, but I want to have better posture. And if I could just train myself to have better posture, no, I would definitely. be a happier person. I definitely, you know, I got to work on that too, honestly. I am, to be honest, I, some of you have probably already heard my chair. It squeaks a lot. It's not the best chair for my posture, but I do notice a lot of times that I'll be like working and I'm just like hunched over and then I'm just like, wait, I'm a lot taller than this. And then I like kind of realize it. I definitely should work on my posture as well. So I get that. And I also resonated with, with your need for travel. I think a lot of us have that travel bug right now because we've been like, locked in for so long right now sarah what about you i mean mark you took all my things <laughs> um yeah i would say travel as well i'm a big uh avid traveler i've i've been all over the world there's a few places i have well there's a lot of places i haven't been but there's a few key places i haven't been that i'd really love to go uh and do that are top of my list um there is a walking pilgrimage that you can take across Spain that I've always really wanted to do. And you spend like a month walking on foot across Spain, across these little towns. And it's something I really would love to do with my daughter when she gets a little older. Um, so that's top of my bucket list right now. Um, in addition to that, I'd love to learn another language. Uh, both my husband and my daughter speak Spanish. I'm terrible at languages, but it's something I'm always working on. Um, and I think that would help me with my travel goals. And then I think, you know, really big dreams here is I'd love to go to outer space. And I, I kind of feel like that's going to be possible in our lifetime. So I'm keeping my eye out for when that's uh, an affordable option for us uh, mere mortals to be able to do. But I think that sounds really cool. That's that's definitely ambitious. Um, def but something that I give you kudos for because I think I would be too afraid to go in outer space. I'm already afraid of the dark and just thinking about like being up there and then looking out and it's like nothing but like darkness. Obviously, like the stars are lighting up the sky, right? But it's just, it's so scary to think about. I think my like, my, my stomach kind of feels a little weird now that you mentioned that. <laughs> but definitely uh I, I you know support that and i think you're right honestly we are seeing like strides to where like that may actually be possible in a few years dr holmston yeah for sarah you and i could hang out no doubt i will take that walk across spain with you i have heard about that it sounds absolutely amazing um, I had a similar list as you guys. I have a friend who goes backpacking by herself in the Sierras. I would love to be brave enough to sleep outside all by myself. I have some work to do to get there. 
Uh, certainly traveling always. I would love to get back to the continent of Africa. I've seen some countries there, but not enough. I'm curious about some more spaces there. And I would learn to, I would love to learn another language. Um, the thought of my mind coming up with different words and different languages to describe something just is like a dream. Um, but I think it takes a lot of work, a lot of focus, and um, I'm waiting for that time to open up in my life. Yeah, no, definitely. And you know, I actually, so I was raised in a bilingual household. Um, so I, for a long time, I kind of took for granted like what it, what it's like to you know be bilingual and how valuable that is um and so i always respect folks whenever they want to learn other languages and you know add that to their vernacular i don't know if that's like the proper term but um i've always for whatever reason like i've always been interested in learning maybe german and then obviously like there's been a time where like i well i still kind of do want to do this move to canada and i know the second language in canada is french and so i wanted to learn french but i also want to learn american sign language there's a lot of things that i want to learn um, so I, I definitely agree with y'all on that. So lots of travel, lots of wanting to learn a new language, definitely respect that. So we'll move on to our next question. And so, uh, you know, in our lockdown, of course, uh, we, we've had a lot of time to like watch shows and movies and stuff like that. And I, I know I've brought this question up before, but recently, and if anybody has Disney plus, I know I don't, but I know that there's a lot of these shows coming out, a lot of Marvel shows and movies that have been coming out on Disney plus. Um, and so I wanted to ask y'all, I think this would be appropriate since I'm kind of mentioning superheroes is if you could have one superpower, what would it be and why, and what would you use it for? Um, and Dr. Holmston, if you want to kick things off first. For sure. And you are certainly welcome to call me Stephanie. Yeah. Um, so, right. So if I think of Marvel, I am a fan of Iron Man. Something about his arc and his story and the sort of imperfection and his experiences and how he's trying to turn this life around, but he's so flawed. But I'm not sure I want a metal suit. Um, so I'm not really sure. I sort of liked how, um, oh, who is Vision's partner? Wanda. Remember how mm -hmm. her brother could run? Quicksilver. Really yes, that's would be great. Definitely. And you know, it's funny that you said Iron Man at first. Iron Man's my favorite Marvel superhero. Um I, I don't know why. I just like I, I don't know. Usually in real life I don't like like the, the cocky pretentious types. Um and I guess that's kinda like what Tony Stark's character is, but it, in the movie, I really do like him. He had a lot of character development and stuff like that. Uh, love Iron Man. Uh, what about you, Sarah? Yeah, um, it's such an interesting question. Um, I have a soft spot in my heart for uh, chaotic good characters. So I'd say my favorite Marvel characters are definitely Wanda, Scarlet Witch, and Loki, um, which I've been so pleased to be watching those <laughs> shows uh, over the summer. Um, but I guess if I had to choose like one power and like I can only have one, it'd definitely be flying. Um, I think that's, I think that'd be the ultimate one. I think really selfishly, not only because, you know, it helped me save the world or do whatever, but I just think it'd be fun. It would be. And it would make the travel bucket list goals much easier because you could just b fly. You wouldn't have yes. to, you know, go through TSA and, you know, or well, first of all, buy a ticket and then go through TSA and pack your luggage and all that flying. Honestly, I, I really agree with you on that one. And I've heard a lot of good things about Loki as well, by the way, which I really want to watch it, but I don't have Disney plus there's too many subscription services these days. Uh, Mark, what about you? Yeah. Um, I, 
<laughs> this is going to sound like almost too practical, but I think it'd be really cool to have uh, photographic memory, right? The ability to just like recall anything that I've you know seen or experienced. You know, I, I'm I'm a writer, right? And so like to be able to remember like, oh yeah, I had this conversation a month ago and I talked to this scientist and and just like to be able to remember like specifically this really great quote they said or or some little detail. I would love that because I spend so much time just like trying to like comb back through interview notes and things and, and piece together things and like to just be able to instantly recall whatever in, from the past. That would just be awesome, wouldn't it? No, definitely. And I think that that really would have helped me throughout grad school because, <laughs> man, you know, I I have trouble focusing and reading. And if I could just because there's a lot of times where I'll like read something and I'm like, wait, what did I just read? And I'm sure a lot of students could probably relate to me with that. So having a photographic memory, I think, would definitely help with that and the test taking and all that. And a lot of the stuff that I learned in grad school is kind of starting to like leak out of my mind. So that would definitely help right now. Um, so the last question I have for y'all before we transition and talk a little bit more about the work that y'all do, um, is of course, it, I think that it's appropriate to talk about podcasts in the episode about podcasts, the podcast episode about podcasts. Um, so I know each of you of course have your own podcast that, that you're on, but I wanted to ask y'all personally if there's like a specific podcast that you listen to that, you know, like on your personal time that you do for fun or or for personal enlightenment or, or anything like that. And Mark, do you want to kick things off first? Oh, sure. Put me in the hot seat. Um, there are so many great podcasts, right? It's like I, it's hard to like just narrow it down. But I, one, like my reliable ones are uh, things like Radiolab because I'm kind of a science guy. Right. And so that's just so well done. Uh, but there are a lot of others that I that I really enjoy listening to, like This American Life. Um, there's one called Throughline that NPR does that is really interesting because they take uh, they they try to tell the historical story of like how we got here. So they'll do a story about like you know mass incarceration or something, and instead of just covering like what's going on right now and the politics and stuff, they'll they'll take sort of the the grand arc of you know the last 200 years and kind of how we ended up you know in the situation we're in, and so. So that's just a really fascinating one. Um, and then there's a, there's a history one that I really like called uh, The Memory Palace, um, where he just tells these like really quirky uh, historical stories that, uh, you know, that we weren't taught in school, right? <laughs> like these just kind of really obscure stories that are, are fascinating. Um, but yeah, so many good podcasts, so little time. <laughs> no, definitely. And I think that's, that's what's even more of a beautiful thing about podcasts is it's such a easily consumable uh, platform and those that, that want to like take a little bit of an extra step in learning more about like history or science or whatever is just so easy to do that through podcasts. I think that that's like such a beautiful thing. Um, and I, I really need to start doing that as well because I definitely, uh, <laughs> I feel like the podcasts that I listen to aren't very like educational or good for the brain, but you know, I, I, I get by with what I get by. Right. Um, Sarah, what about you? Uh, this is always like the hardest question. I'm so glad Mark, you, you were made to go first. Um, cause I, I love so many and I, I second all the ones Mark said, um, and then I'd say, you know, my classic, like, OG favorite is Planet Money. Um, it's one of the earliest podcasts that was out there. It's the reason why I got into audio. Um, anyone who's really interested in sort of, like, economic history or understanding the sort of 
systems that make our world move forward. It's just a, it's a wonderful podcast but for educating yourself and also listening to stories. Um, my current uh, podcast that I'm listening to right now is uh, Under the Influence by Joe Piazza. I'm pronouncing her name right. And she does a deep dive into the history of Instagram moms. And it's really, really well done. Uh, the audio storytelling is fantastic and also just incredibly fascinating. Um, and then just sort of a sweet treat uh, podcast that I recently blew through is um, in the Marvel theme. Marvel just released a couple of fictional podcasts and they did one um, on the old Star-Lord, uh, which I won't give any spoilers on, but it's really good. If you're into the Marvel universe, I recommend listening to it. Ooh, so cool. I might have to look into that one. So, Stephanie, what about you? Great recommendation, everybody. I must admit, I am addicted to The Daily. Um, this is sort of a New York Times podcast. I love the way they describe what journalism is like and the way that journalists have to sort of track down these stories over years and years, really bringing that sort of personal element to the news. Um, in addition to Throughline, I love Code Switch. Again, just sort of thinking about culture and politics and society all together. And then for a really quick wake up in the morning, I listen to Up First. So cool. You know, y'all, like I said, y'all have all these like super educational, good for the brain podcasts. And I'm just like listening to to comedy podcasts. Um, And I I feel so bad because I feel like I need to be like educating myself more and just learning something new. So I need to I need to maybe listen to some of the stuff that y'all are listening to. So thank you so much for all the recommendations and everything like that. And hopefully our listeners will get something out of that as well. Um, So that concludes this segment. Um, And when you know, we're about to go ahead and go to a quick break. Whenever we get back, we'll start talking a little bit more about the Texas Podcast Network as well as y'all's podcast. So don't go away. Texas 512 is part of the Texas Podcast Network. Conversations changing the world. Brought to you by the University of Texas at Austin. The opinions expressed in this podcast represent the views of the host and not the University of Texas at Austin. All right, and we are back. So first things first, as I mentioned, um, everybody in here is part of the Texas Podcast Network. And Sarah, I, I want to direct this question to you and kind of first start talking about what the Texas Podcast Network is. You've already kind of started to allude to it in the beginning, but just give our listeners an idea of what this is. Why do we have these little uh, things in the beginning of our podcast indicating that we're a part of the Texas Podcast Network? How did that come about? What was the what was the motivation behind it? What made it ultimately happen? And can you just give us overall explanation of what it is? Yeah, absolutely. So the Texas Podcast Network is a way to allow people who want to find out stories about UT to have one place where they can find all the podcasts um, being made around campus. Now, this isn't totally exhaustive. There's a lot of great student podcasts being made out there. I'm getting contacted by faculty almost daily who are ready to join the network, who are making their own podcasts. So right now it's just 16 shows, um, including everyone who's on this podcast. and that's growing. You can discover all of these podcasts at uh, podcast.utexas.edu. Um, and you know, to answer your question of how it came about, you know, this isn't something that we've been talking about for a while. And I think we really hit a tipping point 
as far as podcasts go. You know, over half of Americans are listening to podcasts now, whereas about five years ago, you know, it was a really indie and rare thing to be doing. Now everybody's getting there. So we really want to, you know, put these shows that have been around for a while out in front of prospective students and, um, you know, just fans of the university who want to, you know, dive deeper into things that we have experts on around campus yeah definitely and you know an interesting kind of like going off of one of the things that you said like five years ago people weren't really like listening to podcasts they've been they've been around forever you know they've they've been around for a really long time and i recall you know being like a younger kid and seeing like the podcasts app on like my ipod and i was just like what is this like like why would i want to do this and then i don't know i feel like out of nowhere they just kind of blew up and Every everybody is listening to podcasts now. Like almost everybody's got a go-to podcast or a go-to one or two, three different podcasts that they listen to. And so many different folks are out here like making podcasts about everything, whether it's science, whether it's about history, whether it's comedy, uh, music, whatever it is. And, and I think that that's really a great thing. I, I just I just find it so odd how like it blew up. How, why do you think it, it did that? Oh man, there's a lot of reasons for that. You know, I think there were some really big crossover hits. Um, you know, Mark mentioned Radiolab. You've got uh, Gimlet Production Studios that was recently acquired for millions and millions of dollars by Spotify. You have Serial that was a really big crossover. You know, they were making fun of it on uh, Saturday Night Live. And I think people started to see it um, more as a really well-produced form of entertainment and um, journalism, and and once people got a, you know hooked into it, they kept going. I, I also think not to dive too deep because I, I could talk about this forever, but there is a correlation with our technology. You mentioned the iPod. I was the same way. I remember uh, podcasting on the iPod, but it wasn't really easy to get it. Like I remember my iPod didn't really have Wi-Fi for a while. You had to download manually from your computer. But now with our smartphones and just the ability to access internet anywhere, it's so much easier to stream. And that makes podcasting that much easier to access. It's it's a really low data form of um, media. And, and so I think people are just tapping into it because we just have it at our fingertips. Definitely. And you, you make an excellent point there because a lot of the times, the times when I'm listening to podcasts, it's on my commute. And years ago, back whenever I, I was younger, didn't have a smartphone or I didn't have data on my phone. Like I'd have to rely on just like whatever was downloaded on my device at the time or whatever it is that I had to keep me entertained. And now, you know, more more accessibility to like, you know, the Internet all throughout. It, it just makes it a lot easier. So I you know, that that's a very interesting point. Now, I want to go ahead and move on and start talking about more of like the some of the podcasts within the network and so of course as i mentioned we've got some some folks that work on podcasts here um with us today mark and stephanie and so i wanted to start things off with mark um and kind of ask you what and you kind of already started talking about this but if you want to just elaborate on it a little bit more it's just about the motivation behind starting your podcast what were you doing before you started this podcast what made you start it and I, I don't think this is what you're doing full time at this point, but how are you balancing that out with your, you know, your regular work responsibility? Um, so, so this is Mark and yeah, so I should back up a little bit. So before I even came to the University of Texas, I, I worked for a radio program called Earth and Sky. 
And this was a daily science program that was you know, syndicated on public radio stations all around the country. And so it was a really, really popular, you know, well-respected show. And uh, I kind of learned my chops there, you know, just uh, I was a writer and producer for that show. And so I learned how to interview scientists and how to, how to you know, pick the best bits of the interview and, and, and write a script and, 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 you know, make a radio show. And I had, you know, did that for many years, came to the university and, you know, as a science writer at the university, there really wasn't a lot of opportunity to do, um, you know, like audio storytelling. Um, but I just had the really great fortune uh, that my, my boss actually approached me, uh, this is Christine Sinatra, um, she approached me a few years ago and said, hey, what, what do you think about podcasting? Is that something we could do as a college? And, you know, uh, it was just like this great moment where, you know, I had all of this experience in, in radio and science communication. And, you know, I just knew immediately, like, yes, this is something that we can do. Like, I have the skills. <laughs> and so um, it was just a really nice uh, moment. Um, you know, I think she was also sensing that thing where, you know, like Sarah was talking about earlier, where podcasting was really ramping up from being kind of a fringe thing to suddenly being a really powerful uh, medium that a lot of people were listening to. So, you know, that was all happening five or six years ago when we started. And, you know, our initial idea was like, let's try this. Let's see if, if this will be a good way to, uh, to, you know, to feature our scientists and tell their stories and, uh, you know, reach new audiences. So, so we thought of it as kind of a, uh, you know, a way of, of you know, telling stories in a different way, of reaching a different audience, um, and, you know, just kind of, you know, furthering our, our outreach. And so it's, you know, it's really worked out that way. Um, uh, I, I think it's, it's kind of hard to start a podcast from scratch, but the fact that we had that expertise in-house already meant we could sort of just hit the ground running and just start doing it. <laughs> so so the, the barrier to getting started was not that high. Um, and... So I think that answers part of your question. I think you, you also asked it, like whether yeah. uh, this is a full-time mm -hmm. uh, gig for me. And no, <laughs> unfortunately, no. I, I would love to be a full-time podcast producer. Like that's that, you know, if you talk about bucket lists, that's probably that's probably the other thing I should have mentioned was like I'd like to just do this full-time. But no. Uh, so my job is really uh, a lot broader than that. So I. Um, uh, you know, I'm trying to communicate to the public uh, what we do in the college. So, so you know, I'm, I'm writing articles for our website. I'm, we have an alumni magazine that I help produce. Uh, you know, we put out press releases and, and build relationships with uh, reporters to try and get them to cover the research that we do in the college. So, um, so unfortunately, yeah, podcasting is just, you know, it's maybe a quarter of what I do. <laughs> so so I'm, very, I'm very busy. <laughs> it sounds like you have a lot on your plate, but it sounds like, it, I mean, everything that you do is so related. So you're in like that communications realm and you had mentioned that you were coming from a radio. So, I mean, wow, like at this point, I'm like, I'm like, I, I'm starting this podcast with like no, no knowledge of like doing radio or anything like that. So uh, it's like, I, I really admire, I'm, my hat's off to you, right, for for doing this without without having a bunch of experience before, and you know, just diving yeah. in and doing it. I think that's I think that's great.
Yeah, and I mean, mad respect to, of course, the other folks on our team that are working on this. And for the most part, of course, Raymond, uh, our executive producer, he's the one that's doing like all the editing and, and putting out the final, you know, the final copy of the show. And so, uh, you know, I, I just do like the, the talking and the coming up with the show. But Raymond's the one that's doing the really, really important work. So shout out to Raymond, of course. Uh, and also somebody that doesn't have prior knowledge to, you know, producing and things like that. Uh, which actually, no, I think he was on radio. But uh, moving on, so, so Stephanie, I wanted to hear a little bit more from you as well. Uh, you know, tell us a little bit more about the motivation behind starting the podcast that you're on. What were you doing before you started your podcast? What made you start it? And what is this something, which I don't think you are, but is this something you're doing full time or what part percentage of, of the podcast is a part of your job? Yeah, thanks for those questions. This is such a fun conversation to be a part of. And Sarah, I appreciate some of the insights you brought. I'm picturing my husband, you know, out on the open road on his bike, just listening to podcasts for hours, right? Shrink wrap radio and all this. And he comes back with all these problems solved. And I think you're right, right? That was technology that sort of allowed him to stream out in the middle of, you know, West Texas as does this. But regardless, so uh, the other side of campus really grew out of the Provost Teaching Fellows. Uh, so this is a program that has been in existence almost 10 years now where we partner with faculty interested in innovating in their classrooms or in the college or university-wide and they're trying new things and they're trying to sort of meet student needs and then serve the university and enrich our work and so the provost teachings fellows provides them with small grants and then a community where they can really workshop these ideas and support each other so we had these rich stories building over all of these years and the former chair of the provost teaching fellows mary newberger said you know i think we could podcast some of this stuff and she'd been working with Michelle on the Slavic connection so they had some experience with podcasting and it sounded like a good idea but that we just never really had that moment where it was like now we got to go well that was COVID um, I think when we all just retreated back to our homes we started missing those chance encounters right you don't really run into people on zoom you don't hear new stories obviously here we are right this is why these podcasts are so delightful but we realized we're missing stories we're missing human connections and we had these faculty members just doing these awesome experimental brave innovative projects and we thought we've got a ton of stories to tell and so um, we said, yeah, Mary, you've been telling us about this podcast opportunity for a long time. Now's the time. And so my co-hosts, Jen Moon, Dixie Stanforth, Katie Dawson, we are all faculty members at UT. So with four hosts, we take turns. Sometimes we do an interview alone. Sometimes we do it in a team. We've done a few as all three of us. But really having the four folks is what makes it possible because we're all full-time faculty members uh, so we're doing teaching and research and service and the podcast is a chance for us to connect across the university the other side of campus definitely that sounds amazing and so you mentioned that you're teaching so what where are you teaching at what where, what classes are you teaching yeah, I teach in the College of Liberal Arts, so I'm in International Relations and Global Studies. 
so I teach our upper division class about sort of economics and politics and culture, and then some of our research classes. Students do amazing capstone research projects um, out of that major. Super cool. Yeah, I always love hearing from faculty members and knowing a little bit more about what they teach and what they're researching. So definitely really awesome. And y'all have some great podcasts. And so I want to dive a little bit deeper into them and learn a little bit more about what they're about. You know, what's the ultimate goal of your show? What do you hope that your audience takes out of it? And also, who is your audience, right? So Stephanie, uh, right here in this little segment, we're going to go ahead and play a clip of your show. So I had a pair of jeans and this was you know i was 15 this was about 1988 and i had carefully ripped these jeans in horizontal rips and then bleached them so they were i was like these are these are cool rock star jeans but i felt way too self-conscious to wear them much but i finally decided i was going to wear them during a field trip that we were taking to visit some of the, the various sites in southern Sicily, including this place called the Valley of the Temples at a town called Agrigento. So I wore these pants, but then I was hypersensitive about people looking at the pants. And while we were at Agrigento, a, a couple of English tourists walked by and I heard them when they got about 20 feet beyond us say, did you see that boy's trousers? And so I was getting more and more self-conscious about this. We finished our field trip. We went back to the city that we were staying in, which is the city of Marsala. And to just provide a little bit of context, Western Sicily in the 19, late 1980s was a fairly rough place. In the early 1990s, the mafia blew up a federal prosecutor on a road outside of Palermo. So it was just, you know, you, you had to sort of be careful. But I was getting sort of, I was already uptight about the pants. And we were walking along the street and a group of young guys on uh, mopeds scooted by. And one of them sort of brushed me and said something, which I assumed was about my pants, because I was already hypersensitized. So, it doesn't, actually, this doesn't involve an Italian swear. It involves an English swear. If I had been clever, I would have sworn in Italian. But I stuck up my hand, put out my middle finger, and yelled as loud as I could, F you. And at that point, all the motorcycles stopped and turned around and came back and encircled this small oh, no! group of us who were there, including this, this poor English guy who was in college at the time. It's like, what just happened? It's an intercultural exchange moment. I was thinking this may be where we're headed is interdisciplinary and intercultural. Uh, well, translational, right? See, so the guy who had said something started yelling at me and gesticulating. And he was yelling at me in Italian. And eventually I said, non parlo italiano, which means I don't speak Italian. And they all said, oh, and they got on the motorini and drove off again. And so we were not murdered in the streets of Marsala in, in 1988, but lived to, <laughs> to tell the tale. Elaborate a little bit about what your show is, and as I mentioned earlier, what's the ultimate goal, and what audience are you trying to reach? Yeah, good question. So my fingers are crossed that this little clip doesn't make me sound silly. Um, but it, the goal here was connection among faculty, graduate students that are instructors as well. Um, and we really had two goals when we started. Again, this was COVID, so the first idea was personal stories. 
you know, by the time that students meet us, we've got this doctor in front of our names. Sometimes folks stand behind podiums. We've got these offices, all this fanciness that says, I've always had my life together. Well, it's not true. And we each have these circuitous routes to this place. And we knew this about each other and we really wanted to share out those stories. And so we always start with, how'd you get here? And the stories are fascinating. I worked in DC for a handful of years because I wasn't sure graduate school was right for me. You know, all of these twists and turns in the story. And then we want to talk about what we learn through failure. So we decided it wasn't gonna be a tip show or best practices and what you should do, but instead this story about how oftentimes we've got this brilliant idea in our brain and it doesn't work that way in the classroom and how we just learn by picking ourselves back up and trying new things. And we felt that that was sort of an honest reflection um, of what life is like. That is is really, really cool. And I, I just, you know, being a, a staff member, it's really cool to, to hear that uh, the podcast that you're doing is is very catered to like, of course, faculty members and graduate uh, students, which I guess that explains the name, the other side of campus. Um, so that's super cool. I'm going to have to check that out for sure. Now, Mark, right here in this little segment, we're going to go ahead and play a clip of your show. He told me that to capture bats, flying through the rainforest at high speed in the dark isn't as hard as you might think. You just have to know where they go for dinner. The easiest way to catch vampire bats is to find cattle, any kind of livestock, and then just set up nets and you'll you'll catch vampire bats. Wait, did he just say vampire bats? And one word I I had a lot of trouble with initially was the word vampire. Oh. Because you know in German the the, the V and the W are kinda like it's almost reverse, so I, I would call it vampire a lot. Uh-huh. It's not like, you know. Now now over the years I've I've gotten used to say the word uh, vampire correctly, so <laughs> In scary movies, vampire bats attack people, but in real life, they favor farm animals. You know, with the introduction of livestock in, in, in those areas, the, the vampire bat populations have exploded because it's like such an easy food source for them. Like imagine you're a vampire bat in the jungle and you have to fly around every night and find some kind of animal. Now, all of a sudden, somebody just put 200 cows in the same place every night it's just very easy to exploit for them compared to like finding an animal in the jungle now our listeners got an opportunity to hear a little bit about your podcast right there but can you go ahead once again just give us a little bit of an elaboration of of what your show is about what is the ultimate goal of your show and what's the audience that you're trying to reach so uh, point of discovery is you know, really a show about science and how science is done. So I think what what is sort of unique about it is that unlike sort of when you listen to the news and you hear, you know, scientists have discovered, you know, a new planet, X, Y, and Z, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, you get sort of the, you get the, 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 the findings, right, the results, but you don't really get a sense of what it's like to be a scientist or what, it, what um, what's the process by which scientists, you know, uncover 
you know, otherwise hidden information about the world. And so, so really, you know, what it boils down to with the show is we, we are trying to uh, excite people about science. Uh, we're trying to humanize the scientists themselves. You know, I think, you know, when you ask uh, the general public, you know, what does a scientist look like? Uh, you know, people will draw uh, somebody in a lab coat with, with frizzy hair like Einstein. And, you know, the fact that science is actually done by a very diverse group of people who are, who are very human, you know, who have, you know, they're more than just the thing they study, right? Um, so uh, I think that's one of the really powerful things about podcasting is that, you know, we, in our show, we can really show the human side of scientists by just, just by the mere act of, of showing their voice, like being able to hear uh, a person talk in their own accent, in the, you know, in their own natural way that they speak, uh, you know, speaks volumes about who they are. You know, that, that, what you just said, and you said a lot, uh, really resonated with me and some of the work that we actually do here in our podcast, because uh, the same thing with us, like we have staff and faculty members and we want to kind of like more humanize them as well. Like kind of, and that's why I ask a lot of these fun questions too, is so that people can see like, these are actual people with personalities and they're humans. It's not, their work's not just them. Right. And then also just that broad audience, right? Like that, that whole target uh, analogy that you were using I think that definitely goes with what we do here at Texas 512 as well so I'm glad to hear that there's others kind of like pursuing a similar audience or, or a goal with their audience as well uh, well we are coming up on time so I do want to go ahead and start wrapping things up and I want to allow of course as usual for my guests to go ahead and plug anything that they want so Sarah since you have been just chilling there for a while uh, I want to go ahead and allow you to kick things off what is your plug for today yeah, well, I mean, I would just say, obviously, someone's listening to this, they listen to some podcasts, but I do think based off of, you know, what everyone's been saying, if you haven't had the pleasure of enjoying a more like narrative form podcast, I would treat yourself and, and look into that today. There's uh, hundreds out there. I won't direct you to any of specific one, but, you know, if you haven't done that yet, please go do that. And I think that that's an, a, a whole new world for you. Um, in terms of just plugging stuff uh, from my end, you know, we want to make sure that you get all the great stories about UT, just like Mark was saying, no matter where you are, no matter what your affiliation is with the university, we want to share what's happening here. So to do that, you know, you can find our stories on the website, utexas.edu. You can find them at our news site, news.utexas.edu. You can also follow UT Austin on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, get all the latest updates. Um, you know, I did hear from our social media people that they would love to plug for um, students that are coming to campus. If you can, you know, tag us in your photos um, and look for at UT, at UT Austin text, TX on Instagram um, so that, you know, we can be coming together as a community as school starts in the fall. So awesome. Now, Stephanie, what is your plug for today? Right. So I love how Mark was describing the richness of the research here at UT. And so I would say similarly, it's awesome to think about the individuals behind all those stories. So the other side of campus is going to give you this sense of what faculty members are like, what that journey to that place 
is like one of our episodes we interviewed Dr. Jaw, an aerospace faculty member, and the interview brought me to tears. We've interviewed faculty members in the College of Natural Science and liberal arts and theater all across the range. And to hear the richness of these stories reminds us of the power of just listening and seeing people around you. So you might be weeding the yard, pop your earbuds in, listen to these stories, take a walk, walk the dog, enjoy just connecting uh, with folks. And I think that this resource that Sarah's developed is a great way to do that. And the other side of campus will share some of these stories like Adam's. Beautifully said. Now, Mark, last but not least, what is your plug for today? Well, uh, I, <laughs> so many things I could plug. I, you know, I would, I would echo what what Stephanie and Sarah said. Uh, you know, check out the Texas Podcast Network. I think that's a great way to to find other you know good podcasts here at UT. Um, I'll put in a little shameless plug for for our podcast, Point of Discovery. Um, we we did a really fun episode a couple of years ago with uh, Jim Allison, who is a Nobel Prize winning uh, scientist. He's an alumnus of UT. And uh, he was just delightful to talk to. And so if you want to go through our back catalog, um, you can go to our, um, our website at pointofdiscovery.org. And uh, you have to go back, you know, a couple of years in, in the list there. But it's Jim Allison. And uh, he's not only uh, has kind of pioneered a new way to, uh, to treat cancer, which is uh, uh, it's called immunotherapy, um, but he also happens to be a blues harmonica player. And so he has sat in with Willie Nelson uh, on stage. And so it's just really fun to hear his really thick Texas accent and his harmonica playing and hear about his Nobel Prize winning work. Uh, it was just a delightful conversation. So um, I'll plug that as, as one you might like. But, uh, but check out all of our other episodes at pointofdiscovery.org. And, and thank you so much for having me on the show. Thank y'all for being here. Honestly, y'all are super busy people, so I really appreciate y'all's time. And can I just say that all y'all have like beautiful podcasting voices, so it'd be a pleasure to hear y'all um, in my earbuds because y'all y'all sound great. Well, that does it for today's episode of Texas Five One Two. I hope that you enjoyed that, and please do check out some of the other podcasts in the Texas Podcast Network. Um, go ahead and educate yourself on all the different things going on across campus. Uh, but yeah, I'll go ahead and stop rambling and close things off. This has been Texas 512. I am your host with the most, Sam Torres. Stay cool, stay hydrated, and hook them horns. Oh.